Welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage. This podcast is dedicated to helping attorneys earn more money, get better clients, and spend more time with family. I'm your host, Alej Yajnik, founder of Law Firm Success Group. Smart business guidance for small law firms begins in three, two, one. And it's my pleasure to welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage, Tristan Johan Jagrup with the Jagrup Law Offices. Tristan, how are you today? Doing great. Doing great, LA. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you having me on. And uh, thank you to your audience for presenting me with this opportunity to uh, speak to them. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. It's going to be fun. We have a lot of owners of small law firms here, a lot of solos. And I know you're a solo having created the Jagrup Law Offices. Tell me a little bit about you know, how you got started with your own firm and why you decided to launch it. Yeah. So it's actually, my law office is called the JAG Group Law Office, Inc. It's located in Newark, uh, California. Um, I started it in January of 2017. The reason why I decided to become a solo practitioner is because in 2016, I was um, working for another law firm at the time. And I needed to do something to change my life and my career, my life path and my my career trajectory. Why did you feel like you needed to change? I just needed to, I needed to progress. I needed to do something different because my life and my career were getting in a, a little bit stuck in mud. Um, I just wasn't advancing the way I I needed to at that stage in my life and at that stage in my career. And so as a result, I I embarked on this venture just to jumpstart that, just to kind of jumpstart my life and jumpstart very um, cool my career. And when you say you weren't you weren't advancing the way you wanted to, you know, at that point in time, um, what were some of the dissatisfiers or some of the areas where you weren't advancing the way you wanted to? I would say finance, you know, financially speaking sure. would be would be one. I guess the inconsistent, inconsistent workload would be another. And just I would say three would be just my overall happy, you know, happiness or, you know, maybe unhappiness, I guess, if you want to classify it that way. Um, so as a result of those um, three things, um, and I'm sure there are more that I just can't think <laughs> of right now, <laughs> but uh, just as a result of those three things that I just articulated. And at the time, I was 32 going on 33 years of age. So I was at a different point in my life you know, back then. So I needed to, you know, at that stage of my life and and my career, because I had been admitted to practice law in the state of California on December 4th, 2013, when I was 30 years of age. So um, I just, I just felt like I needed to do something different. And, and I made that decision in December of 2016, even though I wasn't ready for it, uh, because I didn't, I didn't know what it would take for me to embark on the adventure or the venture that I eventually embarked on. And so I had the blessing of my family and also my boss, you know, my, my boss, who's, who's like my, like my de facto brother, as I say, as I say, like he raised me in the industry and all of that. So I just needed to do something different and something bold for myself. So that's essentially what it came down to. And before you launched your own firm, what type of law did you practice? So the the law firm that I was at was primarily family law. Okay. Um, and sprinkled in there was um, motor vehicle accident, personal injury, 
a little bit of DUI, DWI defense, sprinkle here, sprinkle there of like civil harassment restraining orders. But it was primarily a family law practice. Got it. And um, how has that changed now that you've launched your own practice or has it? It's changed for me because I love being responsible and accountable for my own actions and my own performance. I don't have to, there's nobody that has to deal with any red tape with me because I don't have a middleman or a middlewoman that anybody deals with. You deal directly with me. I embrace just being, uh, you know, the one man show, the one man everything for myself and not having uh, delegate, you know, uh, to delegate really anything yeah. uh, to anybody. And so I love the fact that it all falls on my shoulders and it, it, it is a lot to manage. No question about it, but I, but I really love doing what I do. And I, and I, and I love just being that, I guess some people would say it's, it's dominating in a way to, you know, just be the whole show, but that, that fits me. So that's what I, I I really enjoy it. Great. Great. That's wonderful. You know, one of the things you mentioned is that you, uh, you have a learning disability that you were able to overcome, get a law degree, practice law successfully, start your own firm. Tell me a little bit about the learning disability and uh, yeah. and how and how you had to work harder to get through that. Yeah, so you know, I, I, when I was very very young, I don't recall exactly when, but I was really early school days, um, probably elementary school or kindergarten, you know, pre K, whatever it was. You know, I was diagnosed with a reading comprehension learning disability throughout the pretty much the entirety of my academic career from my youth up until the day I ultimately passed the California bar exam. And so I was never naturally gifted, you know, academically. Uh, So I've always had the work ethic that, you know, my late father and my mother instilled in me at a very young age. And so I just had to work harder than you know, everybody else. I like to utilize the phrase hustle and grind. I, I hustled and grinded every day from the day I was born up until now. And I forever will be into the future. That's just the way I carry myself. So that's how I had to approach my academic, my academic career. And I didn't allow that to inhibit me or impede me. You know, I just overcame it. I worked through it. And, you know, there were a lot of people certainly that helped me along the way in terms of accommodations that I may have needed for my learning disability. But at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, it took a lot of heart, a lot of my mind and time, energy, effort, all, a lot of those things to ultimately uh, reach the pinnacle that I ultimately reached. Tristan, hats off to you for what you've accomplished. Uh, not only do you have a learning disability, but you have a reading comprehension disability, which for studying to be a lawyer uh, and passing the bar, I I can't imagine how much harder you had to work than everybody else. So a great job. Kudos to you. Lots of respect for me. Thank you. Appreciate it. And now here you are, you've taken the plunge. You've you've created your own law firm. Congratulations on doing that. And um, tell us a little bit about the kind of law that you practice now. Yeah. So I would say my bread and butter is motor vehicle accident, personal injury. That's really my number one practice area for me. Um, that's the one I enjoy doing the most. Uh, I do family law because you know I have exposure doing it in the past. So 
you know, I have, I, I do family law, sure. most things in family law, uh, civil harassment restraining orders. I, I love doing those cases, the restraining order cases like family law, domestic violence restraining orders and civil harassment restraining orders. I love doing those cases. So I do civil harassment restraining orders and, uh, DUI, DWI defense. I do have some exposure with respect to that. So I do practice in that, but that's not like my, that's very, you know, that's the smallest area of practice for me. It's not uh, a, a very big practice area for me, but the other three, I would say definitely, definitely are for sure. Got it. Now, being a solo attorney is super, super hard because you have to wear all the hats. You are not only the business owner, but you're also the managing attorney and you're the practicing attorney and the associate, and, you know, on and on and on and on and on. Um, when, but you love it. So when you think about your perfect practice, how would your perfect practice be different from your practice today? <laughs> oh man, Alay. It'd be more financially profitable. Okay. That's what I would say. <laughs> Honestly, that's what I would say. Because and the reason why I say that is because, and again, I love doing what I do. I wouldn't change it for the world. Best decision I've ever made for myself personally and professionally. But unfortunately, the pitfall or the pitfalls of it is that every month you're going to have expenses and those, ex you know, money goes out faster than it comes in. You have, as you, as you mentioned correctly, and I was going to address this too, you, you know, I have to wear multiple hats. So I have to be a businessman, a business owner, an attorney. So I have to figure out like, okay, what's my profit and loss? Like, how do I do my you know, how do I address my taxes for the, for the corporation? And just, you know, all of these, all these different things, they're not little things. They're big. Th I don't want to say different little things. They're, they're really big things. And so you're, I'm learning as I go along, how to be a better businessman each and every day, each and every week, each and every month, each and every year, how to be a better attorney. Same thing each and every day, each and every week, each and every month, each and every year. And just, it, it's a constant and consistent learning curve that I am on. Um, and hopefully down the road, it'll help me to be sharper and sharper with respect to different aspects of not only just being an attorney, but just operating and running my you know actual business. That's awesome. And I love how you're dedicated to getting better every day, both at being a business owner and at being an attorney. And the good news is both of these things are kind of crafts in a way, you know, just like, uh, you know, you can hone your craft as an attorney and get better and better over time. You can do the same thing with being a business owner and get better and better over time. And one of the things we do at Law Firm Success Group is, is we help, um, you know, owners of small law firms really build amazing practices, really build their perfect practice in terms of the income they want but also the time off, the types of clients that they want, because when those things are going really well, they can they can have a little bit of fun. And it yeah. should be. You, know, you should yeah. love to practice law and you're, you should enjoy running your own firm. So I heard a couple of things that, that you brought up. Is it okay if I jump into coaching mode here for a second? No, please go ahead. Okay. I'm just going to put my coaching hat on and, and we're just going to get into a couple of things. One of the things, so there's a lot of um, constraints that I heard you putting on yourself. So a lot of limitations on the possibilities. And this is, uh, for all you attorney entrepreneurs that are listening, this is a classic attorney trait, which is, um, you know, here are kind of the limits that I'm going to put on the possibilities. And when you do that, um, you close yourself off to other opportunities. And so one of the tactics that you can do if you're struggling with a really hard problem in your firm, like let's say, um, 
let's say you're not able to take time off that you want to, or let's say that uh, you're just too busy and you don't know what you know what to do next. You just have tons of work. There's a ton of more work coming in, but but you're not sure what to do from there. I would encourage you to blow away some of those limit limitations. So, for example, you know if you're really busy, examples of some assumptions that attorneys might make is I can't afford to hire somebody, or I'll never find the right person, or it's too risky to hire somebody, or you know, there's no way I can ever document my systems and processes, or I'm too small to have systems and processes. Those are all assumptions and limitations that you could potentially put on yourself and close yourself off to possibilities and solutions. Does that make sense, Tristan? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, sorry, if I if I may just comment on one or two, one or two of those things, Alay. Yeah, jump in. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just going to say, Every I would say every solo practitioner is different in terms of how he or she kind of runs his or her ship, you know, in terms of, you know, what he or she would like and or what he or she would need or whatever. As an example, you talked about hiring somebody, an additional staff or something like that. You know, for me, for me personally, and I'm not obviously I wouldn't I would never speak for any other solo practitioner, solo practitioners, of course. Uh, for me personally, you know, I as I said, you know, it, it, I have that type of mantra where it's like it, you know, the buck start, it starts with me and it also stops with me. And so, you know, what I find is that, you know, sometimes if you're relying on, you know, other people, it's, you know, you just, I guess sometimes you like try to oversee too much as opposed to giving somebody his or her kind of independence and and different things like that uh i i you know for me personally i just i love doing what i do and i i and i i I just love having that responsibility you know that responsibility and accountability all on my all on my shoulders because you know it's just um it's an accountability thing i'm really big on accountability and being responsible and accountable and um i really i i just uh i love i just love that about myself and the way i run the run the business. So I just think just in summation, everybody, everybody's just different in terms of how he or she runs his or her, you know, type of practice and, and in determining, you know, what it, what makes him or her, you know, uh, is successful and all that. But I definitely understand what you're talking about in terms of the limitations, always, always be open to more possibilities. Absolutely. For sure. So for example, Tristan, and you know, if you're happy with your firm, fantastic. But one of the things you mentioned to me was that, you're looking to increase uh, the revenue and income that you get from your firm. One way to do that is to grow your firm, right? Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, there's only a couple of different ways you can grow income on uh, for a law firm. Um, you can bring in more clients. You can mm-hmm. charge more for each of your clients, or you can get you know more work from each client. That's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so no, at some point, and it happens really, really fast, you're going to find that you just have so much to do, you're completely maxed out. So a couple of the assumptions that I heard you say, I'm going to bring those to your attention and then we're going to move on. Okay. So one of the assumptions I heard was that you enjoy having all the accountability on you uh, and you don't want to hire anybody else because it's an accountability thing. You know, you want to make sure the work gets done right. So the assumptions there are that there's several assumptions there. One is that no one can do the work better than you. The second assumption is that you are unable to get other people to do as good of a job as you're able to do. 
the third assumption there is that you're going to be able to you know grow your firm by keeping all of that on your shoulders and the fourth assumption is that by somehow growing your firm it takes the accountability off of you but that's actually the opposite actually happens because when you grow your firm now you're accountable you're still accountable <laughs> it's your name on the door you're still accountable to your clients but now you're accountable to more clients and now in addition to being accountable to your clients you're accountable to your employees and your team as well and that is a huge responsibility. <laughs> so if you're happy being a solo, fantastic. I am so happy for you. But I'm pointing this out for uh, other attorney entrepreneurs that might be listening because whenever any of us, myself included, are confronted with a business challenge, we always, always bring assumptions to the party. And checking those assumptions is a great way to come up with some really good solutions to your nasty business problem. Sure, sure. Definitely agree with that. I want to bring in a quick point here because you know hiring your your first person scary. It's super scary. Um, and oftentimes an assumption <laughs> that attorneys make when we're working with them as clients, they'll say, Oh my gosh, I cannot afford the financial burden to hire an associate. I can't pay that salary full time. So to that, again, we examine that assumption and we break it down. Well, who says you need to hire an associate? Number one, maybe you can hire someone else who doesn't cost as much money. Number two, who says you have to hire them full-time, right? What if you could hire them part-time? Or even number three, what if they weren't an employee at all? So for example, one of the sponsors of the show is Get Staffed Up, and they do virtual assistance for law firms. So the assistant is not located where you are. They're a part of the firm full-time, cost about half the cost of a normal virtual assistant that you could get based in the States. They're focused on the law. They do phenomenal work. It's a great way for attorneys to get their feet wet, hire somebody, super low risk. And because they're only they're founded by attorneys for attorneys, the chances of that virtual system being successful and helping out your firm are incrementally higher. So uh, for you attorney entrepreneurs that are listening, if you want to go ahead and investigate that option, visit getstaffedup.com uh, and check them out. They do good work. So Tristan, you know, going back to you uh, and your firm, um, tell me a little bit about the kinds of clients that make a great client for you? That's a really good question. Great question. Um, I would say in any relationship, um, you have to have that kind of connection, that that chemistry, that being on the same page, you know, different things like that. Um, me as an attorney, I, I like to say I keep it very straight 1000, meaning that I'm very real, I'm very authentic, I'm very genuine. I'm very sincere, I'm very open, and I'm very honest, you know, and transparent, so on and so forth. So the clients that can understand that, respect that, and appreciate that are really my type of clients because, you know, in 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 attorney-client relationships, uh, professional relationships, whether it's attorney-client or doctor-patient, whatever, you know, whatever it is, um, you need that obviously open line of communication. Because anything less, I really believe, would do be a disservice to both sides. I'm going to tell you what you must hear. I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. I'm not going to throw you flowers when you don't deserve to have flowers thrown your way. But also, obviously, you have to walk a very fine line in terms of uh, just that equilibrium in terms of not being too like critical or, or too negative, per se. So it, it, there's always a fine line to walk in that regard. But the biggest thing for me is just having that understanding that we have an open line of communication 
and that I'm going as your as your legal advocate, as your legal representative, I'm going to tell you what you must hear. And it's not always going to be pleasant, just depending on the circumstances or whatever. Part of having relationships like this is having the real being able to have the real tough professional conversations that are both pleasant and unpleasant. Uh, and also, I think a big thing is trust, trust going both ways. You know, I need my client to be able to trust me, to know that I'm doing the best that I can to the best of my ability, biggest extent possible for, for him or her, for his or her best interests, you know, um, and, and, and the same thing, obviously the same game goes back the other way as well. You know, I, you know, I have to be able to trust my client to do A, B, C, D, X, Y, Z, whatever it is for that particular case or task or whatever it is. So I would say those, um, those things for me personally are extremely, extremely, um, important when I'm about to form professional attorney client relationships in the past, present and, and going forward in the future for myself. Tristan, fantastic. Congratulations on all your success. Um, and I know you're interested in growing your law firm and with someone like you who has that never quit attitude, who's worked hard their whole life, I'm confident you're going to get there. If people want to connect with you, whether the other attorneys or potential clients, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, well, I have my website, jaggrouplaw.com, J-A-G-R-O-O-P law.com. I also have a, uh, a Twitter. You can find me at uh, jaggrouplaw. Instagram, the Jag Group Law Office, Facebook, the Jag Group Law Office as well. TikTok? I don't have a TikTok. No, <laughs> I don't have a snap. I don't have a Snapchat or a TikTok <laughs> or anything like that just yet. Maybe, maybe down the road. I want to expand my social media for sure. But uh, those are a few ways. Uh, certainly via uh, telephone, email. Um, I don't know if I if uh, I need to. Yeah, um, we'll we'll have all that in the show notes. Oh, yep. sure. Oh, okay. Awesome. Got you. Got you. So, yeah. Tristan, thank you so much for being on the Lawyer Business Advantage podcast. Everyone, that is Tristan Jagroup, um, owner, founder, creator of the Jagroup Law Offices here in the San Francisco Bay Area. Tristan, thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome, LA. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. And that's a wrap for this episode of the Lawyer Business Advantage podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. And I want to hear from you. So connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you think of this episode. And if you are a solo or an owner of a small law firm, and you're looking to earn more money, attract better clients, or reduce your stress, we would love to talk with you to see how we can help. Request your free law firm assessment by visiting lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. Again, that URL is lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. We look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you for listening. My name is Ale Yajnik. Until next time, remember, you can seize freedom. You can embrace happiness. You can build your perfect practice.